0: So, I've always wanted to ask, aren't you Christians a bunch of judgmental, closed-minded jerks who always think they're right and are part of the white colonial imperialist plot to take over the world? Well, your friends may not express it exactly like that, unless they're anonymous on social media. It might sound more like, don't you think that all faiths lead to the same place in the end, so why preference Christianity? I think that many Aussies would agree with that great racing car driver, Ricky Bobby, in a scene from Talladega Nights, when he is running in a panic thinking he's on fire after a crash and he calls out, help me, Jesus, help me, Jewish God, help me, Allah, help me, Tom Cruise, help me, Oprah Winfrey. If you're going to get spiritual, a bit of everything can't hurt. You know, your friends might fall into one of two groups. Uh, Either they could be atheists and believe that all religions are false or they could be inclusivists, which means they, they, they believe that all religions are true. Now, Mahatma Gandhi himself is quoted as saying, my position is that all religions are fundamentally equal. And that influential Oprah Winfrey said, One of the biggest mistakes humans make is to believe there's only one way. Actually, there are many diverse paths leading to God. I think that sounds good, but it actually doesn't take into account that the major world religions do not agree about the character of God, the way to salvation, or the purpose of life. You know, Buddhism doesn't even acknowledge the existence of a divine power. But surely we can be at peace that we believe what we believe, and others can believe something different. And isn't the most loving response to be tolerant of all beliefs and just let things be? Well, let me give you an illustration. I love my granddaughters. Well, who wouldn't? They're adorable. And in general, I believe in the reliability of modern medicine. Now, if my son came to my house with one of my precious granddaughters, and she was she had a broken arm, you know, like it was it was hanging off her like this, and and I'd be saying, "Oh my goodness, what's happened? When are you going to take her to the hospital?" And if my son said, um, "No, mom, she's fine. She, you know, I don't think there's any reason to get help for her," I would do everything I could to convince him otherwise. Because my love for my granddaughter would compel me. I couldn't just shrug my shoulders and say, "Okay, if that's what you think, that's fine. When questions of truth carry life or death consequences, using persuasion is an act of love, not intolerance. But can we use this argument about religious claims? It's one thing to say that Christianity is right for you, but to say that Jesus rightly claims the allegiance of every human being seems offensive. There is a famous philosophical argument that is used by inclusivists. That's those who believe that all religions are true. And the story goes like this. It's about four blind men who encounter an elephant. Now, one grabs its tail and says, the elephant is like a snake. One grabs his leg and says, no, the elephant's like a tree. One grabs his trunk and says, you're both wrong. The elephant is like a hose. Well, I think you get the drift. The story is supposed to prove that we are all wrong, as we are all trying to see truth from our own limited perspective. But the problem with this story is that the elephant still exists. And there there is someone outside of this story who is still observing what's going on. We might struggle to see the elephant, that's truth, clearly, but truth does still exist. And not everybody's idea of truth can be right at the same time. This story has some other problems too. Firstly, I think it's disrespectful of all religions to say that they are all just different sides of the same coin. Now, there are some similarities with religions in that we're probably all trying to connect with the divine in some way. But I think to say that they're all the same really comes from a lack of basic stuff study of world religions, a committed Muslim would be horrified to be told that his faith and the Jewish faith are basically the same, and vice versa. You might agree with this statement, we should respect everyone's beliefs. Well, I wonder whether a better way to look at it is, we should respect every person, but be ready to study and critique every belief system, even our own. And if we really respect and love people, we should want the best for them. Is the truth of Jesus really worth debating respectfully? Do we really believe that the kingdom of God as shown to us by Jesus is the way to healing this world, regardless of race or country? The second problem with the story is that it doesn't take history seriously to say that all religions are the same. Now, you've probably heard of people who try to deny historical facts. There are people who deny the genocide of the Jewish race by the Nazi regime, and they try to preach this all over the world. Our country thinks so little of these people that they've even been refused entry to Australia. The truth claims of the Christian faith rest on the central claim that Jesus was raised from the dead. And there is powerful historical evidence for this claim, outrageous as it may seem. The extraordinary phenomenon of the early church just erupting from a small group of cowardly followers of a crucified rabbi cries out for an ignition spark. This is the question on which the three great monotheistic faiths disagree. Christians believe Jesus rose from the dead. Muslims believe he didn't die but was taken up into heaven. Jews believe that Jesus died and stayed dead. These claims are mutually exclusive. At this foundational level, religious claims cannot be untangled from historical truth. To say that all religions are equally true is to lose our grip on history. If you're interested to explore this further, I can highly recommend a film called The Case for Christ. It's a true story of Lee Strobel, a Chicago investigative journalist who set out to prove that Christianity is a wacko cult by disproving the historicity of the resurrection. Spoiler alert, he is now a passionate Christian devoting his life to encouraging people to just examine the evidence as you would for any other truth claim. These are interesting philosophical arguments, but the core of the issue comes down to Jesus himself. He is the reason we cannot say that all religions are the same. Christians believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven because he said it himself. And if a man can predict his own death and resurrection and carry it out, then I'm inclined to listen to what he has to say. His teaching and his actions on earth were not those of a wise sage like Confucius. In the eyewitness account of Mark, we see Jesus healing a man who was paralysed from birth. He not only caused him to stand upright, but he said he forgave his sins, thereby claiming himself to be God. And in that beautiful story that Trish shared last week about Jesus and Lazarus, John records Jesus saying to the grieving sister, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And later in that same book of John, he says these immortal words to his disciples. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, this is not the teaching of a good and wise man like many others in human history. As C.S. Lewis famously wrote, this is either the teaching of an egotistical maniac or an evil manipulator or God in the flesh. Time and again, the Gospels record Jesus doing outrageous things that only God could do, commanding the wind, forgiving sins, raising the dead. His universal claim is finally rammed home in his parting words to his disciples. He said, "'All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations.'" Jesus is claiming that he rules over all heaven and earth. He presents himself not as one possible path to God, but as God himself. We may choose to disbelieve him, but he cannot be one truth among many. He has not left us that option. I want to go back to that analogy about the blind man and the elephant. Here's, I think, a better way at respectfully thinking about other faith systems. Since the dawn of time, man has desired to know God. They've looked at the beauty of the world around them and tried to work out what he is like and what he requires of mankind. How does man have a relationship with this almighty God, if that's even possible? And humans have looked through many different lenses to make sense of God, and all those lenses are pretty blurry and distort the vision of God, how could man really know what God was like? You know, when God chose to reveal himself to man in the form of Jesus, he gave us the clearest lens through which to see God for who he really is. He answered the question of who we are in his eyes and how much he wants to be in relationship with his people. Is the view perfect? No, not on this side of eternity. And even the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, wrote this, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then... I shall know just as I also am known. When Jesus said he was the way, the truth and the life, I think he was saying that you can try to find God in lots of places, but only when you look through him will you see the true picture of God. And this is not a white Western truth. This is a truth for all humanity. No one has all the answers down pat, but I believe this is the lens which will give us the clearest vision of God that we will have this side of eternity. I want to share with you a story that's in um, this really excellent book called Confronting Christianity. Uh, Rebecca McLaughlin talks about a friend of hers. She says this, My friend Praveen Sethapathy is a professor of genetics at Cornell University. When he was a freshman, a classmate asked him what he believed and he said he was a Hindu, but the question unsettled him. Praveen's parents had immigrated from India. He had grown up with Hindu culture but had little knowledge of Hindu beliefs, so he started to explore. Praveen dug into ancient Hindu texts and appreciated their richness, but the process sensitised him to the fact that other world religions made different truth claims. With the mindset of a budding scientist, he did not want to assume that the religion he had inherited was right, so he explored other beliefs and read other religious texts. In the Gospels, Praveen found something that surprised him. Jesus was a supposed hero of the story, but at the climax of the tale, he hung naked, disfigured and pathetic on a cross, quite unlike the Hindu superhero Krishna. But somehow the power inversion of this crucified man attracted Praveen. And after months of reading, questioning and sifting through evidence, he started following Jesus. This change was disturbing for Praveen's family. Living as members of a uh, racial and religious minority in America, they feared that Praveen was rejecting his Indian heritage and wondered whether he would change his name to a Western-sounding name like Peter or John. But Praveen reassured them that following Jesus did not entail rejecting the culture he loved. He said, becoming Christian." had nothing to do with rejecting my Indian heritage or being called by a different name. Rather, it was about embracing God's interwoven presence in the history of all mankind, Christ's love and sacrifice for us and our desperate need for him. There were certainly aspects of his Hindu heritage that he would need to leave to follow Christ, but Praveen was proud to be Indian and proud of the rich culture. From which he came and which he planned to pass on to his children. Praveen came to Christianity after a period of careful reflection. Now a professor of of genetics he is used to re-evaluating evidence and forming um, hypotheses to fit the data. It remains his firm belief that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Much as he appreciates his Hindu heritage He does not believe the fundamental claims of Hinduism to be true. Ask Praveen how he can say that there is only one true faith and he will tell you that he has no choice. To claim that Hinduism and Christianity are ultimately compatible is to do violence to both. Is it rational to say That all religions are the same? No. Why even question which one is true? Because it really matters to human flourishing. It matters to my flourishing and to your flourishing. Why Christianity? You can. Examine the evidence for yourself. But I believe Christianity has the most compelling explanation for the world as it is in all its brokenness and beauty and the most compelling hope for our eternal future. How will Jesus judge those who have followed another religion? I honestly don't know. There are some hints in the Bible that we don't have time to cover today, but I am confident that the God of the universe is loving and kind and just. And in the meantime, while we have breath in our bodies and love for our fellow man in our hearts, I want to continue to lovingly persuade my Muslim, Hindu, Jewish, Buddhist, atheist brothers and sisters. I respect them enough as children of God to gently encourage them to see God through the lens of Jesus full of grace and love and justice, with an open-armed invitation to all humanity to come to the foot of the cross and meet the Saviour who died and rose again to show us that he has defeated death for all of us and we all have a place in his presence, not through our good works, not through following rules, but through his grace and mercy. I think that is the elephant.